coming soon to own on video and DVD. No, Dewey, you don't want this. Get out of here. There's no earthly way of knowing. Dude, what does mine say? So we die. Hey, my brother, can I buy a copy of your Hey Soul Classics? You see things, and you understand. You're a neo-maxi zoom dweeby. It's not habit forming. I am not addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to glamour. You thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. No, it's Morgan Freeman. Do you have any bones that need collecting? <laughs> My mom is You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. Okay, but just this once. Come on in. Okay. Action. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, yiggity, yo. <laughs> no, it was great. Can I do it once as well? You can do it at the same yeah. time. Yo, 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 yo. Yiggity. yiggity. Yo. yo. All right. If you hear that sound, that means it's time for VHS. <laughs> VHS is a movie podcast that stands for... Very. Honest. Screening. Yes, indeed. VHS, very honest greeting. Movie podcast. What up, Brie? Hi. Is it okay if I have a beer during this? I want to, you know. Yeah. Okay. You can. Thank you. You already had one open. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't want to be rude. I. That's why you ask first. I. No, yeah. It's very polite of you to ask Thanks. permission. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, hey, everybody. Thanks. So, um, my name is Brie. Um... This is this is my friend Allie. Um, I hope that she yeah. considers me her friend as well. Um, That's and true. I, I you, do. <laughs> and we we you know we like movies. We were love like em. we love them. We were like, wouldn't it be cool if we started a podcast? Something no one else has ever thought of before. So in that way, we're innovators. You know. Yep. Yeah. Here's what you can expect from this oh, yeah. podcast, okay? We're going to watch movies. That's a guarantee. We're going to talk about them. I promise. And So thanks so much you know, for listening to this podcast. Some trivia along the way. You know? <laughs> and that's it. That's the that's end. It. That's it. Uh no, but I I mean the reason why we decided to do this is because the I don't think we've ever hung out without watching movies. I mean, probably. Like, it's happened once, maybe. But we from gone- the start of our friendship. Have we ever like, just gone to Taco Bell? I've been to Taco Bell with you before. But, like, I bet we got Taco Bell and then we went somewhere and watched a movie. Yeah, okay. That checks. Uh, I, I, And I want to say, so this first episode, we picked horror movies. And as I was, like, thinking about... Uh, you know, thinking about the movies and writing stuff down, I realized, like, I, you introduced me to horror films, technically. I, like, thought that I hated scary movies. Well, I thought that I hated scary movies because, you know, my parents didn't let me celebrate Halloween, and they hate horror movies, and I just, like, assumed that I also hated horror movies, and you would be, you know, we'd be trying to pick something to watch, and you were like, man, like, I love horror movies so much and none of my friends like ever want to watch them (laughs) and it bums me out because I like a lot of my favorite movies are horror movies and I was like Brie I will I will dip my toe in the water I will give it a try and we watched Psycho and then we watched Scream and those were my first horror movies 
See, now I'm so glad that you can tell me these stories because I don't remember yesterday. So right. I'm, I'm glad that those are the movies I picked to show you first. Good on me. Um, uh, what a sweet thanks, sentimental but, memory. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Indeed. Uh, so on this podcast, every episode, we are going to be talking about two different movies. Uh, maybe those movies will connect in some way. Maybe they will be movies that a friend of ours have picked out for us. But either way, uh, any which way, every episode we will be talking about two movies. And for this first episode, those movies are Scream and From Dusk Till Dawn. Both 1996 horror films. Both uh, produced. No, you oh, can't. both produced. But, oh, Dimension okay. Films. Did you catch that when you oh, watched I them? I didn't. Yes, that's the little logo, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Scream was an easy pick for us because, like I said, the, yeah, introduction to horror for me, we watched Psycho and we watched Scream, uh, and after Brie introduced me to Scream, I became obsessed with it, (laughs) pretty much, I don't know, I feel like your love of the Scream movies just, like, bled into my love for the Scream movies, but that is a movie Brie and I have both seen countless amounts of times, I'm assuming, uh, and can talk about for hours, so that was an easy pick. From Dusk Till Dawn, you know, 1996, horror. I had never seen it before. And I had. It was a good time. And all week I've been calling <laughs> it From Dunst Till Dern, but neither of those actresses will be in this film, unfortunately. <laughs> Every single time I talked about, like, what movie I was supposed to be watching, I was like, it's either From Dawn Till Dusk or From Dusk Till Dawn. It's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scream is my favorite horror movie, um, and I make everybody watch it. Anytime I find yeah. out someone hasn't seen it, I take it very personally. Because I do think that it's like, we'll get into this later, because it's, to say that it's perfect, I know that people will fight me on this, but it really does feel that way. <laughs> like, it's, it's like the exact kind of movie you want to watch with people. It's the kind of movie that, even if you don't like scary movies, it's just so fun. The actors are That's all great. That's the appeal that's the appeal that I've really clung on to. Like, that's how you got me to watch it, right? I had no experience in horror. And you were like, it's not, like, it's not that scary. It'll be a good first horror movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was 2015, by the way. I tried to figure it out. I'm not, like, a thousand percent sure, but 2015 is when I would have watched Scream for the first time. Wow. Yes, indeed. Come on, history. <laughs> Yes. Um, one time, I, Brie and I hosted a Scream movie marathon in my backyard, my childhood home, my house. Uh, set up a projector, hung up a sheet on a shed, threw out some blankets, got snacks, got like Scream themed decorations, I think. I, at least like, at least we had like a mask and a knife. I don't know. We didn't go with that all out. Uh, and we tried to watch all four scream movies but if i recall there were only like three of us by the end and definitely everyone fell asleep there was a balloon too i think didn't you get a ghost face balloon Mm -hmm. Uh we also happened to be at a horror convention for the 20th anniversary of scream facts um some of the original cast was there we saw them in the flesh technically talked to them but you know does it count really kind of it's fine if you've ever talked to a famous uh, person, it's like, you're so excited to meet them and their whole like body language is like, please don't meet me. Yeah. Like, that's very kind, but please. <laughs> so, Which is fair. Know. Yeah. Which is fair. But yeah, we have, uh, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen this movie outdoors on multiple occasions. 
Yes. And when we saw it at the convention, you better believe people in the audience were saying the quotes in yeah, real time. That was fun. I, I did love like the, the community feel of everybody's like appreciation for it. Yeah. So we love Scream, but actually we've never talked about From Dusk Till Dawn. So, you know, we watched it and then we didn't get a chance to discuss. So this will be an organic discourse. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. What are we? Did we decide which movie to start with? I don't even know. I feel like I'm gonna let you pay dealer's choice. I want to start with Scream. Good. Okay, let's start with Scream. Um, yeah. one time I was in like a Roman literature classics class. I don't even know. I was in a class, <laughs> I was taking a class in college, uh, and somebody like asked what meta meant or we were reading a very like meta story and my professor used scream as an example to explain and just like went into the whole like talking about a horror movie during a horror movie or like talking about the horror movie rules in a horror movie uh and i was so pumped that he used it as an example now do we know i don't know do we know if this is the first horror movie to do that or not the first horror movie the first movie to do the like how to survive a horror movie thing did scream start it or was that already i mean i i think so i think so too that's what i'm gonna say from now on so i mean i feel like i i feel like i would have stumbled across some other like movie that it's connected to if it wasn't the first like i feel like that was the big plug behind writing it was like no other horror movies are doing this we want it to feel like Halloween we want it to feel like Friday the 13th but we want the characters to be aware that movies like Halloween and Friday the 13th exist so that they can like outsmart like yeah anyway yeah do we think this is a parody or a satire film I've heard it called like a satirical slasher um I don't know it's I feel like it's debatable people debate whether or not it's a comedy which is silly (laughs) Like, it's a dark comedy. But, because people think it's genuinely scary. It's a horror film, but, I don't know. Satirical slasher comedy. That's what I would call it. I think uh, both From Dusk Till Dawn and Scream have comedy elements, for sure. Um, Yeah. Despite the horror. But, yeah, the reason why I'm wondering if this is really a parody is because... Uh, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've probably seen Scream, but if not, I just don't even know what to do about you. Um, it's, there's many moments in the plot that are just so goofy that they, if it's a, if it's a serious movie, that doesn't make any sense. But if it's like a parody of the horror genre, then it's very clever and funny. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I want to call it I don't know. I think sometimes too, sometimes when I'm watching Scream... Like, okay, so uh, Scary Movie, Parodies, Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I'm sure references plenty of other um, horror films, but, like, primarily Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. And, like, Scary Movie does such a good job of replicating shots from those movies that sometimes when I'm watching Scream, I think of the, like, parallel Scary Movie scene, uh... Which just, like, makes it even easier to perceive as a comedy. I don't know. (laughs) Absolutely. Because the lines themselves are so goofy. Like, of course, when Billy's like, but it's all just a movie. And Nev Campbell, or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
I'm not explaining it well at all because I don't know the quote. Nev mm, Campbell says, good. "Let's go. Let's do. Okay, wait. <laughs> you go. I was like, let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about it. like opening scene. Drew Barrymore, actress who is only in the movie for, God, I don't know, nine minutes. <laughs> I don't know how yep. long the opening scene is, but um, we get a little ring a ling. Um, this movie sets the tone right away, and I." One of the things I like about it is how quick every scene is. It's exactly as long as it needs to be, from my perspective. And so I feel like I love the opening credits, like the opening like Dimension Films logo, and then the sound of the phone ringing, and then it's like a slice sound almost. There's some really fun sound design in this movie. We start literally with the phone call, and we see Drew Barrymore in this very tragic wig, but it's okay because it's iconic. She answers the phone, (laughs) and she's like, you know, we we hear this like ghost face killer on the line, can I tell the rapper? The rapper Ghostface Killer is on the line, and Drew Barrymore's like, "I want to hear that Wu Tang joint," and he's like, "Oh shit, turn it up! Cash moves everything around me, cream." It's a crazy movie. And then, let me tell you something about the the voice on the phone before we get any further. This is one of my favorite trivia things about Scream, and I think I know it because of you, Allie. I don't know if that's true, but you always look up trivia, trivia shit, and I. Can't be bothered. So I'm addicted to IMDb trivia. Ninety percent of the, I, w- I would say ninety percent of the trivia that I will spout out is probably stuff that I just like read from the trivia section of IMDb. Yeah, this guy but. who does the voice of Ghostface is amazing, by the way. Like, perfect, iconic. The voice. It's equal parts like scary and menacing, and also somehow. It's, like, smooth, you know? Like, for a minute there, Drew Barrymore's almost flirting with this guy on the other end of the phone. No, definitely. I mean, she doesn't, uh, he, like, asks about her boyfriend, or, you know, something is asked about the boyfriend, she says she doesn't have one, and then later changes her story to, like, my boyfriend's gonna be here any minute, he's a football player. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely openly, like, open to flirting with him at the beginning, at least. Just a great voice, and the guy who does this voice didn't meet the cast at all i don't think for the whole like all four movies like they didn't meet till the very end and i know some of you if you're big scream fans like i am you might know about five cream that's supposed to be scream number five (laughs) five cream (laughs) i don't know if that's still going to be released due to covid and everything but i'll watch it i don't care yeah but i'm ready (laughs) yeah they didn't want to meet each other because they wanted to make it even scarier and i love it i love Okay, but anyway. Uh, in that opening scene with Drew Barrymore, the, the phone the phone she was using was actually connected. So there's a point where she, like, dialed 911 and was just, like, screaming into it. Because in the actual scene, she doesn't, like, call 911 and say, like, hey, my name's Casey, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't get that far. I think she just calls 911 and, like, makes noises on the other end. I don't know. But I guess Drew Barrymore actually dialed 911. The operator was really confused, and they had to, like, call and explain. She thought the phone was disconnected. It's a whole thing. One time I called 911 on a phone that doesn't have service. Like, it was just a phone I had around my house, but it had games on it, so it worked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I called 911 as a bit, but I didn't know that you can still call 911 on a phone if it doesn't have service. Don't quote me on that, but it worked when I called. Yeah. And I threw it against the wall, and it broke. Because I'm not trying to get in trouble. Because sometimes they come anyway. And I'm from a really small town. Cops are bored. I'm not trying to have that. That's so. true. That's true. Okay, so back to Drew. Uh, yes. So she's making her jiffy whiffy pop. She's gonna watch a scary movie, y'all. And there's so much to say about this scene. It's iconic, first of all. It's such a great way to start this movie. 
It's also ridiculous. And if you ever watch this movie with someone who's like a nitpicking asshole, this is going to be the scene they nitpick the most. And I think that it's written this way on purpose, which is why I call this movie probably an intentional parody of the horror genre. Because she does basically everything you're not supposed to do to the point that you're like, let the bitch die. Like, really? (laughs) It's insane. I mean... Just, okay. I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever felt as strongly as like let the bitch die, <laughs> but I de- but I definitely get really frustrated when he is like, don't call the cops, they won't come fast enough, and she just listens to him after like hanging up several times. Every time she hangs up, I'm like, okay, now call nine one one, and she never does just because once he was like, they won't make it in time, and she was like, okay, I'll trust you. Right. Okay. Well, I don't actually want her to die. In fact. Every time I watch this movie, knowing full well what's going to happen, I'm still rooting for her. I'm like, come on, Drew. No, like, just, ah, you got the, like, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, also, the thing you said about calling 911, she's holding the phone the entire scene. Until she dies, she has hold- clinched that phone. She yep. could have called 911. L- yep. <laughs> yep. At any point. So there's that. Um... What else? I think, you, I think you were the first to point out to me that the um the popcorn gets worse and it like escalates as the scene escalates. Like it starts burning more, or like there's more smoke in the kitchen and stuff. Which of course is again parodied perfectly in Scary Movie because the popcorn ball just gets insane. The giant, yeah, um, yeah. But that's some great um visual storytelling and also some great use of like diegetic and non-diegetic sounds because there's a lot of like slasher movie music happening here and it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful score but it's also like the sound of the popcorn getting hotter and the stove and then it's a fire and then like drew barry yeah fire alarm or like smoke detector goes off or something yeah yeah um and there's another really good scene that uses that later in the movie not jiffy pop but like the use of the soundtrack and also a sound that's happening in the moment when mm-hmm. they're playing the movie Halloween at the party scene and the score of Halloween is happening while the movie's happening. And it's almost as if Jamie Lee Curtis's cries and like the sound of Michael Myers attacking her are happening in the house in sc- scream. Yeah. It's just so well done. I love this movie so much. Anyway. Well, and all of the cuts from like all of the dialogue or scenes that they show from that movie to like whatever they cut back to it relates. It's ugh. yeah. Here comes the obligatory tit shot, and then it cuts yeah. to Neb Campbell and then Sid- Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as uh, as we've already said that we're we're gonna be you know there's gonna be spoilers if you don't want the spoiled watch a movie before you listen. Um, the fav- my favorite thing that you pointed out to me from the beginning scene with Drew Barrymore is uh, so the ghost face ghost face killer's on the phone with her and says like, which door am I at? And it's a trick question. I have much to say about this upon rewatching, actually. Thank you for bringing okay. it up. So can you further elaborate on that for people who might not know what you're saying? And then I will. Okay. okay. So spoiler of spoilers. At the end of the movie, we find out that there are two killers. Uh, so during the scene in the beginning, when the ghost face killer is talking to Casey, Drew Barrymore's character, and says like, hey, if you can tell me which door I'm at, like, or, you know, like, let's play a game, like, which, do- which door am I at? I don't know. Um, it doesn't, I guess the theory was, like, it doesn't matter which 
door she says because she would be wrong or both would be because there are two killers so there was more than one answer like no matter how she answered she was going to be wrong yes so um far be it for me to question the logic down to a t of this movie because it's really that's really not what this is about this is just a feel-good fun horror movie that's like clever when it needs to be but here's how i feel about that I love, I love that moment when you know the twist, because obviously, like, she's fucked either way. However, that would imply that both of the killers were there at the same time, which would make sense because this is their first kill, plausibly, mm-hmm. in this universe. Um, and to, like, hoist her up on the tree and, like, right. all that shit. Like, the way that Casey is killed, you'd, you'd think that they would need two people. Right. But then the next day at school, both Tatum and Sydney mentioned that their boyfriends were there with them the night of the murder now we know that billy came like later because he's like you know he just appears at her bedroom window he's clearly been somewhere else but tatum's Mm -hmm. like he was with me all night i'm gonna have to assume that tatum's lying or she means that he got there at like midnight because earlier she says don't worry or later she says don't worry casey didn't bite it till way after 10 so so the killers have had to come at least after 10 p.m. and then deal with that. And then she lives out in the country so far away that the police wouldn't make it in time. So both of them then had to travel back into Woodsboro yeah. to be with their girlfriends before 1 a.m. at least. Or else maybe one of their girlfriends would be like, I don't know. I'm thinking too much about yeah. it. But Well, no, and I think that one of the fun things about the Scream movie is after you get the reveal of who the killer is, kind of, like, watching it again and trying to figure out, like, oh, like, this person, like, this person's gone from this scene because they were at this location, or, like, ooh, which person was in the costume that time? Oh, it was this person, you know. But I, if you try to logic it to death, there's gonna be holes. I just, I mean, there are scenes in this movie where Ghostface is just, like, in the bushes in I have a broad lot. daylight. Like, they just cut to him. I have a lot <laughs> to say like, about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's so unnecessary. Yes. It's like, why would he... Like, which person is it? Why are they there? <laughs> yeah. I have a lot to say about that later. Um, don't Just you wait. But I want to say a couple more quick things about the beginning scene. We're only in the first yeah. scene. Um, but this is important. Um, I want to say, though, that it, it does still technically make sense that they're in high school so maybe their boyfriends did just come over later because they would have to come over after their parents are asleep to like mm-hmm. sneak into their house so it it does make sense that's just it gave me pause is all that's yeah. why i'm bringing it up it's um fair. who do you think delivered the fatal blow to casey because i think i know who it is it also doesn't matter but i'm just curious if you because she pulls off the mask and she has like a brief moment of like recognition before she dies okay I've never thought about it too hard. You want to tell me, like, your theory, though? I do. I think that it was um, Stu, played by Matthew Lillard. Um, Matthew Lillard. Because they dated, and then she dumped him, which we right. learned later at the fountain from Tatum. So I think that he probably would have wanted to be the one to do it. Right. Um, although, the way that she dies is the most graphic kill in the entire movie. It's extremely graphic. And the discovery of her body is extremely graphic. And that's a lot more of a Billy thing, I think, than I a don't Stu know. thing. I think that it being more graphic is just more evidence that it's Stu because Billy has a motive and Stu doesn't. Mm. Technically, like yes. in all technicality, you know? And so I feel like somebody who's going to go along with this killing who doesn't have like a clear motive who's 
probably someone who's going to be more able to do the, like, gruesome kill. Like, because there's already something a little off there if there's, like, not even a reason, like, fueling the murders. I don't know. But that's just my... True. It's my take. Um, I also want to make sure that we note that this is clearly an homage to Psycho casting the most famous actress at the time to be the person who dies right away. Um, yes. To throw the audience off guard, because you would think that she's going to be the main character, and she's not. Um, there's a lot of little nods to different horror movies throughout this, which we'll talk about, but this is the first one. And also, I want to say that it just I just was so confused. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but when the parents get there and they realize what's going on, and the mom hears Casey on the other end, which is such a brilliant movie, like movie moment. It's so oh, sad, and the terrible. actress who plays the mom is so good. Everyone's good in this movie, but she's, like, just this bit actor who's only in it for two seconds, and I think she's amazing. Yeah, because the Um, cries make you uncomfortable. I've never really, like, thought about that or given her credit before, but this this is true. Yeah, but then the dad is, like, go outside immediately. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if there's a killer in the house or outside. We just know that our daughter is, like, dying and the house is on fire. So you go outside by yourself, get in the car by yourself, go to the McKenzie's, call 911. He tells her to do all these things herself. And he just stands there going, now what, what could happen in the house? I just. Dang, that is not, that's not what I thought you were going to say. What do you think I was going to (laughs) say? He says, uh, go to the McKenzie's as like a reference to Halloween. uh, Because I believe when they think that, I think the McKenzie's is the name of the family that like she tells the, I don't know, kid to go to whoever. Like there's a scene in Halloween where Jamie Lee Curtis says, go to the McKenzie's, call 911. Or like, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because I remember that exact scene and the same thing applies to that scene that like, why would you go by yourself? But anyway, the the times in this movie when it makes the least sense to me are the times when they're referencing other horror movies. Like when the killer appears behind the bushes later. To me, that was kind of a nod to Halloween as well because there's so many moments where Michael Myers is just outside. Like out and about. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, the What? <laughs> This giant man dressed as a like, like white faced killer is just standing behind the bushes, so yeah. um, that makes sense. Um, and that's all I have to say about that opening scene. Dang. Oh wait, okay, no, so I lied. The... Oh, okay. I'm saying just one more thing. <laughs> no, I know I'm gonna go take all day. Okay, it's a good opener. As much as I love the like um, horror movie trivia moment. I do get sad that they spoil Friday the 13th because I think a lot of people genuinely haven't seen the first Friday the 13th and that's one of my favorite horror movie twists. However, I've showed this movie to a lot of people and then showed them Friday the 13th and they don't remember that. So that's probably just a That's what I was going to say. I definitely saw Friday the 13th afterwards. And also, you know what? It doesn't doesn't spoil the final scare of Friday the 13th, at least. Talk about the winter head? No. The just like oh. at the very end of the movie when yeah, she's in the but, boat i mean yeah but anyway but no but i i was just gonna say i i remember watching friday the 13th being affected by the big reveal because i had forgotten and then being like oh yeah mrs Voorhees. <laughs> whatever anyway i guess we just spoiled it now if you yeah seen we did it, so, okay uh, it's fine anyway. it's you know what they spoil it and scream it's yeah fine. they did it first whatever moving on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so next would be um, Skeet Ulrich's character. His, whose legal Billy name. Loomis. Can I just stop yeah, you? Yes, Skeet. <laughs> His legal name is Skeet Ulrich. Okay, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
skeet. Skeet skeet. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wrote down discount Johnny Depp, but I'm going to be 100% honest. I think that I haven't watched the cinema sins for Scream in a long time, but I, I want to bet that calling him discount Johnny Depp, like that phrasing came from cinema sins. But uh, like skeet, like part of the reason why he was cast was because of his similar appearance to Johnny Depp. Cause like uh, nightmare on Elm street, I guess reference. I don't know if Johnny Depp climbs through a window in that movie, but it's supposed to make you think of Johnny Depp. I think it's like the yes. purpose, but. And anyway. of course, the director of the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny Depp's first movie, is Wes Craven, who also directed this Scream. movie. Uh, yeah, um, we should have said that at the beginning. Well, Scream, nineteen ninety six, directed by Wes Craven, and he, he did. Well, we're saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes a cameo later in the movie dressed as Freddy Krueger, and yes, then Fonzie's like, "I'm not talking to you, Fred." <laughs> um, it's got the classic red and green striped sweater. He do. He do. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, when, so when Billy comes in through the window, I don't, I don't remember like what he says initially, but there's a part where he's just like, I was watching the exorcist. It made me think of you. I love I it. I love that line. I love, that's what my dream boyfriend would say to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I was watching He'd be like, Brie, remember that time that you vomited pea soup? I'd be like, stop, don't say that in front of anyone. Oh my God. The Exorcist was on Star, or whatever. Um, and speaking of The Exorcist, Linda Blair makes a cameo in this movie. Yes, she does. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's credited as, like, obnoxious reporter nice. or something like that. Nice. <laughs> um, maybe we'll watch The Exorcist later in this podcast, because it's also very, very, very good. And I love it a lot. A lot, a lot. Okay, um, something that I noted from this scene first. I just love every character in this movie has a first and last name that may seem like a weird thing to bring up, but think back to like a horror movie that you've seen recently enough that you can remember a character's name. I don't know how often they give them first and last names because they're usually just like people that exist to die. Um, And I I like that, but also because I think everybody's names are so good. Maybe that's just me because I'm a fan, but Sidney Prescott, Billy Loomis, but Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers. I sound like a meteorologist. Uh, yes. Dewey? I love Dewey. I love Deputy Dewey. Doofus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. Anyway. Sorry. This is like unintentionally also becoming a po- Like, we're talking about Scream in this podcast. Later, we're going to talk about From Dusk Till Dawn. We're also just talking about Scary Movie because it's inevitable. Yeah. Can't help it. Scream was originally called Scary Movie. Like, that was the rough title. Yes, and Gail says that later in the movie. Roll credits. It's the very last part. She says, it started with a cry over 911, which is not how it started, but (laughs) like something out of a scary movie. And also, Stu name drops the title in the kitchen. It's a scream, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So roll credits twice. Again. Um, Okay. Sorry, yeah, more comments on Billy's introduction. Um, to me, it's clear that he's a creep the entire time, which I also feel like was intentional to go back to my theory about it being a parody of horror tropes, because I feel like often in horror movies, you can tell who the creepy character you shouldn't trust is right away. Um, and I think that they try to use that in this movie as like, it's so obvious it couldn't be him, but to me, and maybe I've seen it too many times, so I'm like tainted, (laughs) but I, I, (laughs) 
I feel like it's just, he's, it's gotta be. Like when Randy says, you're telling me that's not a killer? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> well, okay, yeah, because Randy out. calls out, like, both of the killers and gives, like, I mean, half-assed reasons, I guess, but decent reasons. Uh, he calls out both of them before they're actually revealed. And Billy's like, another. Billy's like, how do we know you're not the killer? As if Randy could be the killer. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... And there's another scene where they try to make Dewey a red herring as well. He's like, Gail, we should go for a walk alone in the forest. And then there's like that yeah. horror movie music. It's not Dewey. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there's the one with Henry Winkler too, where they just randomly have him like pull a knife on some high school punks. He like, rips teach him a lesson. <laughs> he rips and those they kids show him asshole. like They show him like considering like putting on the mask or something. I don't know. They make it very like, ooh, is it the Fonz? We don't know. It could be. Hey, it's not. Uh. <laughs> I think that the twist for me was always that it was two people. More yeah. so than that it was Billy. But I like that they make it seem like Billy's character gets killed off to be like, you thought it was him the whole time. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that they they play back and forth with being very like it's so obvious he is creepy he is the killer to like wait but maybe you trust him again Ooh, an alibi Ooh, he's dead just kidding <laughs> but if you notice in that scene we're skipping all over the place but whatever it's our show not yours <laughs> not yours um in that scene he doesn't have any knife like cuts in his shirt it's just a solid shirt with red on it mm -hmm. but he got killed by being air quotes killed by being stabbed repeatedly in the chest so there would at least be yeah. a a, a tear like in some his shirt. Tears. Yeah. <laughs> Not if it's a. I almost said pull away knife. What are those called? A retractable knife. I guess so. Like the retractable <laughs> umbrella that they have later in that same set piece, which I found a little the... anno annoying this time, but I don't know why I found it so annoying. Um, Sydney stabs Billy in the heart with an umbrella, and it's clearly a retractable because it goes straight through him. But if you've ever seen the tip of an umbrella, even if it's like a sharp one. You gotta have some force to stab that straight through somebody. Am I wrong? Like, they're not I, knives. No, well, I, but y you are wrong. <laughs> no, uh, uh, that, that scene, the scene that they kept in the movie, the umbrella doesn't, like, didn't retract the way it was supposed to. And it hits, like, a metal plate in, um, Ski Ulrich's, uh, Ulrich? Sorry. Ski Ulrich's. Uh, chest like he has some sort of like metal plate from when he had surgery earlier and uh, like earlier in life and the umbrella tip like hits the metal plate and causes him real pain <laughs> and his reaction was so genuine they at least left the reaction in I don't know I would like for us if we have the time and we remember I'd like for us to both sit down and watch that because it really looks like a retractable but I could be okay. wrong I believe and, your trivia and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if like the tape like they showed his reaction from one take but like the umbrella going in from another yeah the retractable on yeah like from when it retracted properly but if it actually did go through him then i guess humans are mushier than i thought let's test it <laughs> i have one of those all umbrellas. right <laughs> let's hit the streets um dang okay, okay. well so do we want do we want to go back to billy loomis first entering mm -hmm. the bedroom then okay that's all I have to say about that scene. Oh, we get some exposition from the dad, but I think they do it in a clever way. Sometimes it's annoying in movies where they're like, remember, I'm going to do this and then this and this and this. But in this movie, at least Sydney's like, yeah, you told me. Dad, I know. I yeah. know you're worried because I'm going to be alone and my mom got killed. They really play right. it off in a way that makes sense, which I enjoy. 
I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. No, that's good. I like, would you settle for a PG-13 relationship? (laughs) And it's so funny that Nev Campbell's character is this way in this movie, because she's in Wild Things, like, what, like, the same year? The next year? I don't know. Like... Uh, yeah i mean it was around the same time for sure yeah but that's all uh, I which she never like i don't think she ever shows actual nudity in wild things either yeah i don't believe so she didn't show her tits until she went legits until she went legits that's right <laughs> or maybe she never did i don't know i don't think she did no i think she's a a good wholesome canadian a, a good wholesome canadian um so then after that did you have more to say about billy i'm sorry no no we're all good we're uh opening up to the school and all of the reporters being there right like gail weathers introduction linda blair yes (laughs) um dewey's introduction yes uh sydney has a friend named tatum she's a bitch (laughs) um i feel like a lot of us probably had bitch friends in high school so it makes sense tatum is such a a cow to Sydney so often. So there's this brutal, mur- brutal murder. Sydney says, oh, that's awful. Casey sat next to me in Spanish or whatever. And Tatum goes, not anymore. Like <laughs> <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> that's funny. This entire time you're calling Tatum a bitch, I'm like, what are you talking about? I love Tatum. But that's because I'm not taking it in the context of like how I would feel like in Sydney's position with Tatum actually saying that about an actual person. I am just... Like, ah, movie, it's funny. (laughs) But then two seconds later, she's like, yeah, everyone's saying it's the most brutal murder since, you know, (laughs) that time your mom was brutally assaulted and murdered a year ago today. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, What a horrible friend. Uh, I love her. I love everything about her in this movie. I love her. Rose McGowan plays Tatum. I don't know if we've been saying, we have been. Isn't it? Wait, is it McGovern? Or am I losing my mind? Oh, I is thought it was McGowan. McGowan. I don't know. I th- I... It's Rose McGowan. I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure you're... Who's to say? I'm not going to look it up, but... Rose something. Uh, <laughs> all these kids are 25, which makes sense because it's a rated R movie in the 90s, so fine. <laughs> but yeah. this is a high school full of adults, clearly. I don't know how I would react if this Indeed. movie... Oh my god. I saw something that, uh, like, Molly Ringwald was offered the role of Sydney, and then she turned it down because she was like, I, like, am tired of playing, I don't know how old she would have been at the time, I think she was, like, 29 or something, and she was like, I don't want to play a high schooler, but. I am grateful that she turned it down, no offense to her and fans of Molly Ringwald, but I really like Nev Campbell in this role. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nev Campbell does an amazing job. I don't Um, think I would want it cast differently. And Nev Campbell's acting has a lot of scream inhales. Uh, if you've been a fan of Nev Campbell for as long as I have, you may have seen her in other movies, such as Wild Things we mentioned before, or the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. It's on YouTube. I recommend it. Nev Campbell does <laughs> this thing. The Dangerous Soup. <laughs> it's true. Nev Campbell does this thing when she's, like, scared, where she's, like, <laughs> all the time, and I can't do it, but watch anything she's in and tell drank every time Nev Campbell scream and hails. <laughs> That's fair. I know what you're talking about for sure. It's great. From Wild Things and the Scream movies. Yeah. I'm so glad it's her. I love her in this movie. Okay, so this introduction to Gail and Dewey, my, like, favorite part, or my favorite, like, bit of dialogue is when Gail says something like, 
in a demographic study, I like proved to be most popular with men ages 11 to 24. And then later Dewey like says something about having watched her show. And she's like, so you are a fan. And Dewey says, I'm 25. I was 24 for a whole year. <laughs> it's so cute. And that's the actress met. The actress met for real in this movie and they got married. Oh, yeah. Then they got divorced. Courtney okay. Cox Arquette. <laughs> it's okay. I think they're still. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love it. I know. Weren't they divorced like by the time they had to film Scream 4? Yeah, I think so. But we had fun. <laughs> but we had fun. Courtney Cox, can I just say how beautiful Courtney Cox is? When they put her in that lime green pantsuit, though, or I guess it's not a pantsuit. True, but it's, uh, remember her tragic hair, and what was it, is it Scream 2 or Scream 3, when she got those bangs? Two. Well, it's different every time, it's every different time. in every Scream movie, but I think Scream 2 might be the worst Courtney Cox it's, hair. The bangs are just half bangs, like, she doesn't make a choice about no bangs like, or full bangs, it's like... Yeah. They're this baby bangs. Friend. They're like chopped and cropped and she looks like grime. Ready to rock. <laughs> um, but I love her hair in this movie. Her eyes are so beautiful. I just love Courtney Cox. I don't know. I haven't seen Friends. Can you believe that? I, I can it. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Okay. I have seen Friends twice all the way through, I think. I've been meaning to watch it. I'll get there. How did they afford the apartment? I don't know. Oh, who's to say? So, what else have we got going on? I I mean, the the next thing that I noted was, like, after school is already out and Sydney is back at her house and waiting for Tatum to come over. <gasps> oh, and, I wrote down the fountain uh, scene. Oh, shit, the fountain scene. Because that's when we meet oh, yeah. the whole friend group. Live her alone. Yeah, that's important. Let's talk about the fr- Let's talk about the gang. So so, so far we've met Skeet Skeet, who plays Billy, the boyfriend. Indeed. The bubble butt boyfriend. We've got Nev Campbell. Nev. Uh, Never showing my tits Campbell, who plays <laughs> Sydney Prescott. <laughs> we've got Rose McGovern, who plays Tatum. And then we've got... I think it's McGowan. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, I'm She's saying, in Charmed. I'm saying it how I choose. She's not going to listen to this. Um, unless she is. Hi, Rose. She's not. Um, so, quick pause. On the cover of this movie, on the most commonly used poster and, like, DVD, VHS cover, it's only the people who are the most famous at the time, I assume. So it's, like, Nev, Skeet, Courtney Cox. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and I think maybe David Arquette's on it. But I think Matthew Lillard is the unsung hero of this film. And I think that- I, Matthew Lillard and Rose are my faves. Yes. I think they have like the best lines. Also, I, Matthew Lillard definitely improved most of the best lines of the movie. And it's amazing. Like, I give him a lot of credit. He's so good. He embodies this character so well. He makes it so fun. I can't imagine. It's like if Ryan Reynolds didn't play Deadpool. I can't imagine how someone else would have played this <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah, that's fair. That's a very fitting and i'm very much like jamie kennedy as well as uh randy i think he's so perfect for this and he also dated and married for quite a long time though i think that they're divorced jennifer love hewitt from i know what you did last summer written by the same person we're all connected um so yeah we meet Stu. we meet randy Stu's dating tatum randy's the nerd okay i think this scene has some of the most fun quotes 
this and it the takes a man to, to do, do that, something like that to do something like that that's the most prominent one that i can think of just because they have the whole like oh did they ask you like did they ask you if you hunt they asked us if we hunt and i don't know tatum like challenges that they say like it takes a man to do something like that and tatum's like or a man's mental like or a man's mentality i don't know they kind of challenge that like it could be a woman <laughs> Because they found her liver in the mailbox. And Randy's like, did you hear that? They found her liver in the mailbox next to her spleen and her pancreas. And Tatum's like, it's called tact, you fuck rag. These are all things that I just say unprompted in the wild. I think Billy says it's called tact, you fuck rag. Oh, Billy says it. Right. Uh, which I think is interesting because I think Stu is like getting... It, it depends on how you interpret it, but it's almost like Stu is getting like excited talking about the slicing and dicing. Yeah. And so then Billy says, hey, it's called that tact, you fuck rag, which, like, presumably at this point of the movie is just because, like, we're in the presence of ladies. Like, this is a gross topic. Stop. You know, whatever. Like, that's how it comes across. But knowing that they're the killers, I feel like he's like, dude. <laughs> cool it. Stop, like, being really excited talking about slicing and dicing. You're going to give us away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good call. True. Okay, so then Sydney goes home. Can I say that somehow this town is small town vibes, but is technically a city and every kid in this movie lives in the middle of nowhere. Stu they lives in the middle of nowhere and they're stupid rich. Yes. So not really, but they just, I, they have such nice properties. Immediately what I remember about Sydney's house is the wraparound porch. It's beautiful. The view. Well, and also they like, they do. Okay. So, you know, it's like, it's a film tactic. It's showing the passing of time. But the frickin' cuts and zooms that they have on the sunset <laughs> make me laugh every time. Like, they're just trying to show, like, I think Sydney falls asleep. So yeah. they're, like, trying to show. She calls Tatum. Tatum's like, I'll be there later. And Sydney's like, okay. She tries watching TV. We get the big reveal of, you know, there's, like, been hinted, I guess not big reveal, but there's been comments made about the tragedy of her mother and that is when it's like first the news story is shown and so we get like a little bit more detail about what happened there um and then she falls asleep on the couch but yeah they they just have like the i don't know why it cracks me up so much but like a shot of the house and then it just the frame gets closer and closer on the sunset i just think it lasts a little too long anyway <laughs> i didn't notice that but yeah, she falls asleep, and then when she wakes up, Tatum calls, and then the killer calls. This scene is great because it establishes Sydney as, like, a badass who deviates from the typical horror movie girl, whatever. But she does a bunch of stupid bullshit. Can yeah. we agree? I, like, I have written down, what am I doing? Nose-picking scene. Seems badass, but... <laughs> Because I think that that is the scene where you're immediately like, oh, hell yeah. Like, she called the killer out. He wasn't there. Like, she, you know, did something ridiculous and he wasn't able to say what she was doing because he was bluff or, you know, whatever. But her, like, standing outside like that. Alone. By herself. Like, alone. And, yeah, in middle of nowhere. Like, no one, like, Tatum's not going to be there yet. The day no after, around. the girl who sat next to her in class got brutally murdered. The killer is clearly still on the loose. And it's a year after her mom was brutally murdered. If my dog died a year ago, I wouldn't be over it. Her mom? <laughs> yeah. And now that... I, so, okay. <laughs> I always just try to excuse that, though. Like, even though there's little red flags that go off in my head and we should acknowledge that she makes some stupid decisions as far as, like, 
if an intruder, if you're being threatened, if an intruder, you know, don't behave this way. But I, I typically just choose to interpret it as like, Sydney's a badass. Look at her taunting. Which I, I'll give it to you. But earlier when she gets the phone call, much like Casey, she's not even bothered. Now, I don't, I've only been a woman for a brief time. <laughs> but if I got a strange phone call from anyone, let alone a male sounding voice, uh, and he was saying creepy things. I don't know if I would be like, <laughs> is this Randy? <laughs> I don't have a boyfriend. I don't know. You sound kind of sexy. Everyone's reaction is so calm. Nobody is like, um, I don't like this. A telemarketer called me one time and I was like, uh, uh, um, um, my dog is dead. And I hung up. <laughs> I can't imagine. Okay. She's like, Randy, I know it's you. I like what you're doing with your voice. It's sexy. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> The what? Remember what happened last night? It's literally last night. I know she they doesn't know. know anything about the phone call aspect. But though, does she right? have to? If this no. happened in Macomb. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Do they have to know there was a phone call involved if some creep called you? Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think I immediately, yeah. I, I don't know. I was trying to like put myself in their, in the place, put myself in their shoes and also think, like, I don't know the plot of this movie and have never heard of any crimes that, like, started because of a phone call. Like, if I was home alone, I was waiting for my friend to come over and someone called and was like, what's your favorite scary movie? Like, would I chat with them for a while? Like, I'm home would alone, you? I'm bored, I'm waiting for my friend to come over. I mean, like, I want to say no, but my reason for saying no is because of knowing this movie. And, like, if it was the 90s, too, because I'm also thinking, like, with my personal cell phone and caller ID and blah, 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 that I would be, like, ah, wrong number, and I'd hang up. But, like, I don't know. No, I, I mean, I, I would like to think that the voice would throw me off and I would feel uncomfortable and I would hang up. Or I would, like, pick up on a vibe and I would feel uncomfortable and I would hang up. But, like. I guess it's just because the killer's voice is too sexy. I get it. <laughs> Both girls so far have been, like, ooh, a little bit, you know? <laughs> so, I get it. Well, I just feel like if someone was like, hey, what's your favorite scary movie? I'd be like, yeah, let's chat. You are much more cavalier than I am. I, <laughs> like, I doubt I really would. I'm just trying to. Uh, let's test it out. Take it to the streets. Um, let's start calling people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Star uh, 69. But of course, he says something offensive about her mother's death. And immediately she knows this ain't no carnival, no games. Yeah. It's the real thing. Um. Oh, we skipped a part that I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry to jump back because this is a, a good moment in the movie. But there's a scene earlier where she opens a closet door and there's like jump scare kind of horror movie yes. score, but nothing mm -hmm. has happened. I feel like that happens kind of peppered through this movie and also throughout the Scream franchise. And I always really like that because it makes the atmosphere tense even before things start popping off. And yeah. then in this moment, she opens, well, she doesn't open that closet. The killer is in that closet already when she comes mm -hmm. back inside. So it's like a good um, subconscious callback to that moment. I enjoy it a lot. And Sydney makes a comment about it's always some big breasted girl who's running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. But because she did the, what's it called when it's like, it's like a little necklace for the door. I'm talking about this little chain. You put it in the thingy. <laughs> she does that kind of little necklace for the door. Like, ooh, you know that, you know that like accessory that makes you feel a little extra safe. <laughs> That little chain lock. That little... Yeah. <laughs> she does that guy. And then she can't go out the front door, so she has to go up the stairs. And then there's another callback to earlier when her dad tries to come in her room. She's able to jam the door using her closet door, so she does that again. I enjoy yes. that. I feel like it's very clever. 
throughout. So, yes. and then, oh, you go. That would have been the, yeah, the 911 call in the computer scene. Mm-hmm. We've got the drama of Billy owning a cell phone. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Billy drops his phone and her face. He... She is like, what the, what the hell is this? You've got some explaining to do. And me being born after this movie came out. Like, I have always been used to cell phones being a normal thing. So, in fact, yeah, her reaction, like, I always have to remind myself, like, it's 1996. Like, cell phones were not that common. When they're at the police station. They're, like, not as common. When they're at the police station and the cop says, now tell me. What the hell are you doing with a cell phone, son? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. And he's like, everybody's got him. Clearly not, because now Campbell will be like, you killed a kitten in front of her. Like, she's like... Okay, so I love that. Yeah. Um, and I wrote down here, I was going to ask you, but then I figured it out later in the movie. Uh, all I had to do was just watch it. I was going to say, why did he have a phone on him? Because then they track it and it's not the phone or something or Dewey's like we don't think it's this phone but we got to finish looking up the records to find out exactly but then later in the movie it's because they're like oh we found out the calls came from Sydney's dad air quotes so I guess maybe I don't really know why he had it because I I mean is it wouldn't you presume it was so that he looks suspicious and so that they can check those records and see that he's free to go just so that he can like keep Sydney's trust and, and so be like, remember, they checked me out. Like, I know I'm being really creepy lately because I'm creepy. But, like, remember when you thought that I was the killer and you got proof that I'm not? Yeah. Yes, yes. That is true. So it, it makes sense. But I initially wrote it down, so I was very confused. This is the point in the movie where I wrote down that there is a lot of skewed shots. Like, skewed angled shots. I don't know if that's something you paid attention to before. I don't know if it is, yeah. like... A, a tactic of some sort or like where you're supposed to feel unsettled because it's a horror movie but i just noticed there are a lot of cuts where it's like it's just showing like a car or something and it's tilted or i like it angled. a lot i don't know if you have an opinion on it stylistically but i think it's really i think it's really cool it gives a signature look yeah Especially- I, I, I don't know i think i'm pretty neutral i think the fact that i noticed it made me wonder if they like do it too much sure but I, it, you know, I thought it was good. like especially stylistic in the scene where Tatum gets killed because there's a yes. lot of it in that scene, and I I really enjoyed the way that they play with levels, like the way that they make her seem like she's lower and the killer seem higher, like he has control over her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess if it's just a car, I can see why you're like Wes Craven. What you doing with that camera? We're like add another tilted shot. Make it feel weird. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, so a little while later, I mean, I don't, stop me if there's a more significant scene, but, um, a little while later, we've got the scene with a cop talking with Dewey and they're just like kind of trying to brainstorm and like figure out what to do next in the case. And every time the cop takes like a drag from his cigarette, Dewey licks his ice cream cone. Yes. I forgot. I remembered that you told me that, but I wrote that in my notes. Allie brought this up once. What was it? Are we supposed to do a shot every time Dewey licks his ice cream cone? <laughs> Which really shows my priorities. So. <laughs> what is that? It must be a drinking game rule. Um, no, yeah. Well, and every time I've pointed it out, too, it's to the point where, like, so if you start watching it 
and every time he takes a drag from his cigarette, you know, he takes a lick from the ice cream cone. At the end of the scene, he drops his cigarette, and so then your, like, immediate thought is that Dewey is also going to drop his ice cream cone, but he does not. I wish. Missed opportunity. I really like um, earlier in the police station when they're talking about the the killer's costume, which, by the way, great uh, horror movie character design, obviously. It's become quite iconic. I don't know if it's like chicken before the egg kind of situation, if the costume existed before the movie, but I distinctly remember this costume being everywhere when I was a kid. My brother and I both had one before we'd even seen the movie or know what, knew what it was. It was at Walmart all the time. It yeah. was a very it big was, costume. I think there was at least one person that was always dressed as the ghost face killer, like in elementary school or whatever like every single year for halloween there was at least one person with that costume and i was like what is this yeah and i I don't understand i feel like there was also like a version that came out with like a bloody mask too Mm -hmm. and i remember like every single year like a kid would get the bloody mask scream face and then it would break halfway through the day or during the halloween party or whatever we got to do as kids in elementary school and so then they'd have to put their mask in the sink because it was leaking fl- fake blood all over the place. I feel like this happened multiple times. Can't trust kids. Oh. Uh, but I like, I like it either way, whether it existed before the movie or after. The idea that anyone could be wearing this costume because you can get it from anywhere. I think that that makes it particularly scary. So it's not like someone fashioned this specifically for them. It's like it could be anyone underneath the mask. And also because... Again, this feels like a clear reference to Halloween in the fact that they, if you don't know, they basically were like, we don't know how to make Michael Myers look, so we're just going to go to the store and, like, find a mask. And they found a William Shatner mask, and they kind of just messed (laughs) it up and, like, melted it a little bit, and that's the Michael Myers mask. Yeah, they were like, perfect. This is another, like, melted down white face kind of thing. Yeah. So I really like that. Uh, Ghostface was supposed to have a white cloak, and then they were like, to make him look more ghosty, and then they were like, oh. Yeah. He looks a little KKK-ish. Different kind of horror. It. Much yeah. different kind of horror movie there. Get Out, though, came out several years later, and we'll talk about that another time. Um, I We skipped uh, just a few iconic quotes that I want to talk about and one really dumbass scene that I want to talk about. All um, right, let's hit it. We skipped, um, bam, Sid, super bitch. Yeah. Um, which I'll I really send like. you a copy. <laughs> bam, bitch went down. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> Super bitch. Also, it's, so good. Uh, it's just a little one, but the janitor's your superior. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> um, when Sydney sleeps over at Tatum's house, here's what we know. Imagine we're in the movie. We're these 25-year-old high schoolers. All we know is what's going on in real time. We know that at least two students have been brutally murdered. We know there's a killer on the loose. We know that the killer has been calling people, right? Mm-hmm. Sydney sleeps over at Tatum's house. They get a phone call. Tatum's mom answers the phone. I'm calling for Sid, says the voice. Who knows if he uses his real voice, if he uses the ghost face voice. It doesn't matter. What Does it matter? No. I want to talk to Sid. Tatum's mom is like, oh, sounds good to me. Everything makes sense. Yeah. And hands Sydney the phone. Sydney like, <laughs> who is this? Oh, how did they know that she was there? Sydney's like, who is this? And Tatum's mom's like, oh, they didn't say. They just wanted to talk to you. Um. What? <laughs> sure. Okay. Wow. That's all I had to say about that part. <laughs> well, I also love that Dewey like 
after they realized that the phone call was like, oh, it was him again, or that they realized that it upset her, or whatever they realized, Dewey, like, runs to the phone and picks it up. It's like, no. He like, goes, like, what are you gonna find out? Hello. Hello? <laughs> Dewey? Ugh. Uh, I think, okay. There's one thing, that, one thing that we need to talk about, and that is my least favorite line in this entire movie. I believe that during the scene where the cop is smoking the cigarette and Dewey is, sorry, I don't, I don't remember this character's name the cop is talking to. Smoking the cigarette and Dewey is licking his ice cream cone. Um, I believe they're like standing outside the store when Tatum and Sydney are shopping, or is that later? Standing outside the store. Mm, that's later because, okay. The pol- Hold on. I wrote this down exactly what you're talking about. It's definitely later, but I can't say. Keep going, though. Okay. Yeah, I was like, "Ah, we'll we'll just talk about it now. Uh, My least favorite line in the entire movie, which it also makes me laugh every time. It's it's terrible. Like, I I was like, the more that I describe it, the more that Brie will immediately be like, ah, yes, this line. Uh, Yeah, Sydney is talking about how she has not had sex with Billy, and she's, like, not comfortable yet. And she's experiencing some capital T trauma because mm-hmm. her mother was raped and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly, trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's, you know, there's a part earlier where Billy, like, pulls her aside and talks about it. And is like, you need to get, like, your mom's been dead for a year. You need to get over it. Or he's like, he's like, my mom's gone. And she's like, yeah, your mom, your parents got divorced. My mom's in the ground. And he right. said, it's been a year. Get over it. So already lots of creepy, like, sexual pressure stuff. And then we've got the scene with them in the grocery store where Sydney says the words, it's like I'm sexually anorexic or something. Mm-hmm. Worst line in the movie. It does make me laugh just because what does that mean? <laughs> it sounds like something a high schooler would say to me, though. Because it's, I don't know, it's, it's definitely dumb, but like. I mean, the accurate writing you feel for like something someone would have said off the cuff, like not thinking of. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, fair. It's, I think it's... I'm still going to let it be my least favorite line in the sure. movie, but yeah. saying that it is like true of something that teenagers would like say without thinking about. I think that it's more natural than I'm sorry if my traumatized life is an inconvenience to you and your perfect existence. <laughs> <laughs> Which she also says, um, and yeah. then Billy goes stupid, and I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. That is an unpleasant line. And then the killer's just like in the supermarket. <laughs> oh right, yeah. You can see his reflect, like ghost face reflection, and like a freezer door, a fridge door. Tell me it's not yeah. a parody. <laughs> kids, so like, um, yeah, Billy's a little bitch. He pulls her out of high school, and he's like, he's like, oh, so you rather accuse me of being a killer than touch me? And Nev Campbell's like. I just assumed, like, broke character for a moment and was like, excuse me? Like, her face is like, say it again? And yeah. he's like, yeah, Yeah, my Nev pa- Campbell's just like, uh, Skeet, I thought you were nice. We worked on the craft together. Like, we have this rapport, and now you're saying this bullshit to me. <laughs> it's just such a ridiculous thing to say. And then, as you already said, the thing about, like, yeah, my parents are divorced. I know what it's like. Your mom's dead. My mom left. It was the same thing. <laughs> again, Nev Campbell's like, we're doing this? So, and then when she runs down the hall, she does like this crazy, like she's flailing her arm. I don't know, <laughs> um, or maybe that's scary movie. Same, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a part where before they go to the store to get whatever they buy, um, 
we see the killer behind the bushes that moment and tatum has some great quotes she says uh, she mentions the richard gear gerbil story which i didn't know what that was before i saw this movie and i've now looked it up many times um i'm sure richard gear hates that that's in such an iconic movie so now everybody knows forever um i'm not gonna explain it here if you're interested look it up and yeah i was like i i genuinely don't think i've ever looked it up before but oh I'll be yeah. doing it. I was very interested after that. It's a crazy rumor. That's not true for the record. It is not true. Allegedly. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, and then she says, it's like we're in some sort of Wes Carpenter movie. Yeah. <laughs> very funny. We get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, can I talk about a little thing? I know we've been talking about this for three years, but this is important to me. Okay. I know that there were, we're in high school, and I know that there are some bitch girls in high school tatum okay example but these girls in the bathroom this scene lasts for two seconds but every time i watch this movie i am floored by how mean sydney sydney goes to the bathroom after billy's being an asshole to have a weep as we all do and these girls are like i bet she made up getting attacked by the killer that's actually clearly on the loose that's killing high schoolers like i bet she made it up for attention maybe she's a slut like her mom like like all this rude shit yeah. I'm so it doesn't matter I just wanted to speak it into the universe that like where do you get this shit Ricky Lake I just am so surprised yeah I was about to be like oh, they're not you know like they're not being that rude like they don't know that Sydney's there and can hear them but it's still really messed up stuff to say awful and then the killer's and... in the bathroom <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. I'm reminded that scene scary movie again Ugh, I can't stop bringing it up. It's because Scary Movie mimics the scene so well. Like, some so of them, well. I want to see them shot for shot, like, side by side, because I feel like they did it shot for shot. But yeah, I, they probably didn't. They just, they call... It's good. It's good. You're gonna... I'm sorry. What Brie was going to say was, in this scene is parodied because in Scream, after they have this, co- you know, they, they show the mean girl's conversation and Sydney's in the stall having a weep, they show the killer's, like... They show two feet come down underneath the stall, and then they show the robe lower. So you can tell that uh, the ghost face killer is at the high school. And in Scary Movie, they do this scene. They amp up the drama, and they have, like, eight pairs of feet come down. Like, the two feet come down just like they do normally in Scream. And then another foot. And then another foot. And then another and another. It's so funny. And God bless Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. I don't. It doesn't. Anyway, she. Her the whole time she's genuinely so terrified and can't help but like bust a gut at all these feet. And she's like, no, no. Oh God, no, please. It's such a good movie. They have to be watched together. I know that scary movies ridiculous and a lot of it doesn't age well, but just okay. Like if you ever have the time commitment for a movie marathon and you're like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch three films. It's a snow day. I'm quarantined. I'm, you know, whatever the hell's going on. Like watch Scream and then watch I Know What You Did Last Summer Mm -hmm. and then watch Scary Movie and you will have yourself a grand old time. And if you're a true 90s baby, like some of us, and you want an extra treat, I would highly recommend you watch. You don't have to watch the whole show, I promise. You can just watch this one episode. Boy Meets World has a parody of all these movies. It's called, um, and then there was Sean. I I used to know what season and what episode, but in my old age, I don't remember. It's so funny. (laughs) And Jennifer Love Hewitt is in it. And it's just, I'm telling you, it's so good. If you really love all these movies and you want more. 
I, I've never seen. I've never seen it. I'm sure you've it's, suggested it to me before, and I just have forgotten. But it's such a treat. I'll give it a little watch. Um. So school's canceled because everybody's dying, and there's a curfew. school is out for summer. But it's really because people are dying, and everybody's like, "Let's have a party," a thing that because naturally. Makes sense. And then I love that Dewey drops them off at the party. The police officer. (laughs) He walks in. He, like, grabs a beer from someone and is like, you're underage. I'm just kidding. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty lit party. I would actually love to be invited. Um, We have got the the music that is playing in the background as they zoom in on the house of the party. The lyrics are saying, you are all dead. Kind of foreshadowing as many of them are gonna die but not all of them not even close to all of them true so. but a lot uh, of- they're all too busy checking out uh henry henry winkler's body hanging from a goal post <laughs> all of them leave the party before the real killing began can you imagine if our principal died and then everyone's reaction was let's go check it out yeah i mean they're all trashed first of all and they're yeah also uh, died br- yeah was brutally murdered and then like his body is hung from the goalpost. let's go see it before they cut him down and everyone's like yeah and everyone at the party how did they get like, his body go i guess it's a go- well but how it's fine. Wait, yeah. How did they kill him and get his body up there and make it to the party? Because the party's at Stu's house, though. Well, Billy gets there super late, so I guess he did it by himself. Or if you've seen <sighs> Scream 3, he had an accomplice, kind of. Ooh, do, 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 do. Sort of. So, sometime, yeah. A little. Well, it's... Maybe. You know, I... I, I well... Mm. Far sequels. Yeah. Sequels are a whole, a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like anything else significant about the party before we go into Tatum's death scene. Um, I don't think so. We didn't really talk about family video with Randy, but we don't need to. I just like that scene. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like the one notable thing is is just him saying like, everybody's like, a suspect. You don't like everybody's a suspect, and also like. If you're trying not to be suspicious, then why are you hanging out in the horror film section? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a suspect. I also love when he is like, I'm not the killer because I, so at the fountain scene, he says, I'm not the killer because I was working. And they're like, didn't you get fired from that place? And he goes, twice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe three times after that. I want to work at a video store. Yeah, after yelling like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. I just love uh, all of the horror movie love in this movie. Uh, when when the principal dies, there's a close shot on his eye that's also an homage to Psycho. And then at the party, they're like voting on which horror movie to watch. So Randy's like, "Who votes for Hellraiser? Who votes for Halloween?" And they obviously watch Halloween. And I just, you know, it's so good. If you love horror movies, you love this movie. You love it so much. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about one of the best scenes in this movie. I spit on your garage. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I have seen this this particular scene more than any of the rest of the movie because I had to like write a sequence analysis paper for a horror film class and I got to pick whatever scene I wanted but just like had to go detailed, very detailed shot for shot. So I've seen it a ton, but I think that it was the right choice for that assignment because I'm still not tired of this death scene. Mm-hmm. We got a lot going on. We got 
uh, Rose nipping out immediately. We got her being like, what am I, the beer wench? When they, <laughs> when they ask her to go get the beers. Uh, also really appreciate that they had bottles and not cans. What teenagers would do that, though? I don't know. It was probably the whatever 90s. beer was free for them. The 90s. Here's how I feel about this scene. It's it's brilliant. There's a cat that like screams and there's a jump scare and like yes, bye. And it's like it's a scaredy cat kind of thing. And I like that. I like that they talk a lot about how in horror movies there's that trope about the big breasted girl and we have Rose McGowan with her huge breasts and these like huge like it's like zero degrees because her nips are like at full attention and then she's <laughs> bent over to get the beers and her skirt is a spiral like into her asshole so your eyes like look so intently at her ass because of the design of her skirt she's so overly sexualized i do love that fit though i do i love it she looks so cool that would be a great halloween costume um then again again we have an instance where one of the girls is about to get attacked by the killer and her attitude is so cavalier so calm and i know it's because she thinks that it's not actually the killer but again not once has anyone taken it seriously at first not once is that you randy lose the outfit if sydney sees it she'll flip why does everyone think it's randy every time (laughs) i don't know she might not even say randy in that scene she does but does she okay yeah she says so many and she just says one liner after one liner it's so good (laughs) Um, and then <laughs> in scary movie, I'm sorry. In this moment, she's like, uh, "Do you want to play psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim?" In scary movie, she literally like breaks her bone out of her leg, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. now my leg is broken, and I'm helpless." Uh. <laughs> and then she gets her head cut off, and she's like, "Now I'm a scary dead head." Uh. Is that really the best you can do? It's so good. <laughs> I'm just going to quote all of Scary Movie today. Clearly. All of Scary Movie. I mean, it's uh, a scary movie just accentuates how good of a film Scream already is. It really does. That's what I think. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I am I am a big fan of the, like, please don't kill me, Mr. Go-faced, Ghostface. Ghostface. <laughs> what is this? The, the, the devil. <laughs> uh, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. And he's like, he kind of shakes his head or something. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't, but every time I'm like, Tatum, you are not making it to the sequel. She did not, so. Now, can we talk about- And then, yeah, I just, the garage crushing her head, the door crushing her head. First of all, I feel like most garage doors would have a sensor to stop that. Um, Also, the fact that she was like, too skinny. I'm Rose. She's too tiny. Sorry, I'm not going to say it that way. She's (laughs) She's a very small actress. She- could like slip out of that dog door very easily they had to nail her shirt to the dog door so that she wouldn't fall out and she uh, goes through and i such... feel like you can see it she pretty goes... easily like that she's like wriggling but like holding herself against it mm-hmm. so it kind of makes the scene a little frustrating because you're like tatum just go uh. well without knowing that trivia what always struck me is that she goes to the door in such an awkward way and i feel like yeah. you could try to justify it by saying she's being attacked right now by a killer like i'm sorry that she didn't but she goes through like one arm and the other arm is like bent. So it's like her shoulders are preventing her is kind of what yeah. it looks like. But then when she gets like sort of hanged by the garage door, it's like by her neck. So it's such a weird, they had to do a lot of different cuts and angles to make it work. And even then we have this weird like plasticky head as the door smashes her. And it's so like gross looking yeah. and I love it. 
That's fair. And I think the thing that's frustrating about her death scene, her being crushed by a freaking garage door, head crushed in, um, is she was doing a good job before that. Like, she was reacting pretty quickly. Yes, she started out by immediately, like, not thinking that the person was a threat, thinking it was somebody joking in a costume. That was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. But, like, her throwing, like, picking up beer bottles that she had dropped and throwing them at him her like opening the door into his fate like I don't know I just really like that scene because she is very quick with the stuff around her and even like you know the door going back down and then just being like fuck it I'm gonna try to crawl through the dog door like I need to make it out of here I I, she's resilient I feel like she's a good fighter even though she you know is the like big titted blonde you know whatever like big big boot or whatever Sydney says yeah dumb blonde with the big tits running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door like that's kind of how tatum is portrayed but then she does well (laughs) she does um i think um i don't know if you've thought about this before or if you have any guesses but i think that this kill is done by billy because i guess he's not technically like at the party yet he shows up after most people have left and that's kind of why i think it's him first of all because he hasn't made his entrance but also because steve or steve whoa steve (laughs) whoa Stu is sitting and watching Halloween with everybody. And yeah. and she's the one who, like, says, bring me a beer. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that he didn't, like, then get up and then... Yeah. I think it's Billy. Um, I, I, I feel like I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so then a bunch of people leave. They say, nobody here but us chickens! Which is a reference to Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> Billy shows up. I don't know. <laughs> so, this moment... Billy where- is like... Let's go fuck. And then... <laughs> yeah, Nev Campbell says something like, you know what, maybe everyone is right. Maybe my mom was terrible, and I should just accept it. I don't want to be like her. And it's so weird to me. I don't... Whatever. I I think she's just dealing with the pressure of everyone making her feel like she's crazy. Yeah. Because now Billy has said it, and Tatum was like, you need to accept that your mom was a slut. Like... Everybody keeps saying this to her. Gail was like, I think I feel like it's just an example. Like, this is why you don't victim blame because the more that people victim blame, I, yeah, yeah, then family or friends of the victim, yeah, to be convinced to put the fault on. I don't know. I agree. And after that, yeah, I hate that. I hate that she says that, but I, yeah, everyone around her is victim blaming, blaming, and she gets influenced by that. Yeah. And after they have sex, um, she suspects Billy again. Um, yeah. And I just wonder if that she was thinking that the whole time or somewhere like during coitus, she was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, it was just, no, it was that, that post not clarity. Just kidding. She didn't, <laughs> I doubt she came. Yeah, no, she didn't. She did not come. Also, why is she sitting on the bed and he's on the floor after they're done? Like, did he, <laughs> did he sit Did he get lost? <laughs> I know it's hard for some some uh, young folks to find the uh okay that was a bad joke I'm gonna put it <laughs> anyway okay so then Billy gets fake killed it's kind of fun I really like this moment when Sydney gets chased by the killer because he knows all of the secret ways around the house if that makes sense like he's mm-hmm. he kind of is just appearing all over the house in a way that makes it clear that he knows the layout of the house which to me it makes it obvious that it's Stu. but also yeah. earlier Stu was like i'm gonna go get another beer does anyone need one i'll be right back but I'll tatum has right just back. <laughs> tatum's just been brutally murdered in that 
garage where the fridge is, where the beers are. So in order for him to go get it, he would have seen her body. And since he doesn't react, again, it's like all these little moments, if you like really notice, that make it yeah. kind of clear. I don't think him. I've ever thought about that one before. The fact that he would have gone to the garage to get beer with Tatum's body staying there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sydney falls out of the window. This is such a final girl moment. Um, And lands in the freaking boat where you're like, oh, that's convenient. Here's how I feel about that. I know that there was tarp on the boat, but there's a boat under the tarp. (laughs) So did she land on a tarp that had a mattress? I know there's a tarp on the boat, but there's also a boat on the boat. (laughs) Underneath the boat, there's more boat. And when you land on boat, it hurts. It does. I just... (laughs) wanted to make sure i said that um yeah no that's always kind of bothered me do you want to talk about the um look behind you jamie look behind you jamie yeah uh the first time i heard that trivia was definitely from you so the actor that plays randy his name is jamie he is watching halloween he's alone at this point because i think everyone has gone to go see the principal's body or whatever everyone's gone so he randy's watching the watching halloween by himself um and he's saying jamie look behind you jamie because jamie lee curtis is the main character in halloween and the actor that plays randy's name is also jamie and as this is happening uh the ghost face killer is coming up behind him so as he is saying jamie look behind you jamie it kind of feels like he's talking to himself and we the audience members are also like randy turn around yeah uh it's great I love I that that is one that is one that I I feel like I have to point out uh, to people if I'm I'm showing it to somebody who doesn't know it or watching it with friends like I, I feel like I always announce that one because that's I just love that me <laughs> too little, every time like you don't get it if you don't know the actor's name but it's a cute little cute little addition also um by this point he's done the like rules of how to survive a horror movie which i made sure to write down he mentions three specific ones but i think the list expands in other movies Um, yes and so at least the first two rules are broken by characters who do survive this movie the third is broken by Stu, but he obviously doesn't survive this movie but i just kind of wanted to note that um the first rule is no sex obviously nev campbell's character has sex in this movie um the second rule is don't drink or do drugs but randy has been drinking all night yeah <laughs> and then later he says i've never been so glad to be a virgin because he gets shot yeah. and he doesn't die he's like i didn't but... break any of the rules but he already did so. yeah um and then i'll be right back mm-hmm. yeah Stu says it i like when you say it because you won't be back i sorry go ahead i was gonna jump so far ahead so you go ahead <laughs> okay i love the rule scene in this movie i almost forgot that they like expand upon the rules in the other movies or at least in the next one but um i you know since scream was one of the first horror movies i i saw it was pretty cool to have that formula even though he only says a few basic things now anytime that i watch like a a a dumb teen slasher movie or you know something that maybe has lower ratings or whatever something that's gonna follow a basic horror movie you know format and isn't gonna be that surprising it's fun to be like oh these characters had sex now they're not gonna survive or you know whatever and kind of (laughs) uh because typically the rules are true and not always but 
it's i don't know it's fun to have randy's like explanation of the how to survive a horror film rules in my head and then see them apply to like classic horror or to something that comes out this year and it like still fits with who survives and who doesn't yeah i agree um later dewey and gail go for a walk and i just wanted to note another cute dewey line he has a lot of cute moments in this movie um they fall down a hill or whatever and he lands on top of her and they kiss and then she sees sydney's dad's abandoned vehicle and she says is that what you were looking for but he's still looking at her and he says my whole life my whole life yeah do we really cute it was that scene that <laughs> that's that, that, that started their relationship i don't know that maybe just fell in love in that moment maybe i don't know let's ask yeah hello courtney <laughs> um the camera guy dies and his name is kenny which i feel like was definitely an intentional reference at this time in the 90s since South it's a Park. movie for teenagers yeah um they killed kenny yeah um, that actor ad-libbed the line where, I don't know, Gail Weathers says, like, Jesus, hurry up, or says, like, Jesus, yeah. hurry up. I don't know what she says. She but, does. Yeah, anyway. Hurry the fuck up. I, I was trying to swear, and then I was like, does she say fuck? I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, she and says, she says, my name's not Jesus. Sorry, take it. <laughs> she says, Jesus, the camera. He goes, my name's not Jesus. Yeah. And then she I says, that's it. Kenny? I'm just going to put in the quote from her, but I like that. Look, Kenny. Yeah? I know that you're about 50 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry, please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now! Okay, I just love Courtney Cox. I, I was like, I think people have beef with that quote, but it's just because she's mean. They, they beef with it? <laughs> fat tub of lard ass. They got beef with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And then I guess the the most important scene is the last one after this. I don't know. Oh, can I just say, um, when when Sydney's in the police car and there's that moment where the killer has the keys and he's slowly unlocking the doors and then the trunk. I really like that bit of visual storytelling, but I also like when she goes on the police radio. She says, "I'm at Stu Marker's house. Come quick, he's gonna try to kill me." Um, yeah because she's right he is Stu is trying to kill you but she doesn't know that i just like that wording there um that just implants in your mind again like subconsciously that Stu's ah, yes the killer yeah and then she's running into the house and randy's like it's not me and Stu's like it's not me and then she says fuck you both which is so hot correct <laughs> <laughs> fuck you both yeah I love no it. that i yeah i love that scene i love because i feel like as an audience member you're maybe like or, or I guess if you don't know who the killer is yet, but if you know who the killer is, you're like, oh, let Randy in. He didn't do anything wrong. Like, trust Randy. But yeah, no, at the same time, you're like, oh, absolutely. She did the right thing. Like, she doesn't have time to decide which one of them is telling the truth and who's not. Like, just shut that door. Save yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what I love about the scene in the kitchen where the killers are, like, explaining their plan and we get the reveal of the two killers is... If you have seen somehow scary movie but not scream, which I'm sure people have, sure, you might wonder where all the like queer jokes come from about Stu and Billy being intimate with each other because it's yeah. it's a very big joke in that movie. 
I completely forgot about that because I literally have written down in my notes, you think Billy and Stu are gay? Because <laughs> I, you know, because yeah, I, you know, just rewatching it, I see the scene, like I see the way they're holding each other. And also I imagine that like trusting each other and performing these killings, like there's, there's reasons for it to be intimate. It doesn't have to be romantic or sexual, but there's reasons for it to be intimate. Uh, but yeah, I totally forgot that that was like heavily parodied. And I think that, again, Scary Movie knocks out of the park in the way that they do it because it's clearly um, weighted more on Stu's side. Like, Stu is, like, the, always the one getting very close to Billy and getting, like, yeah. physical, even when they're in the video store. And Billy's in Randy's face because he's threatening him, but for some reason, Stu decides to get close and be in that moment with Billy. Like, we're sharing yeah. in this moment, and he, he's stroking Randy's ear. And then again, <laughs> in the scene, Billy's threatening Sydney, and Stu decides to get very close to him so they can share... <laughs> Um, and so in Scary Movie, the actor who's playing Stu is the one who's like, you know, he's always wearing some like cut off shirt or like whatever. And Billy's like, dude, what? And he's like, oh, no, I thought, oh, OK, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I completely forgot about that. But yeah. Oh, you're right. Billy says, <sighs> um, no, uh, Sydney says, fuck you to Billy. And Billy says, we already played that game. You lost. A yeah. quote that's never made sense to me. Not once. What? She lost the game fuck you? How do you lose? Because she fucked him. She lost the game? Wouldn't that mean that she won if the object of the game is to fuck him? Also, what a weird thing to say. He means... What is he... I mean, I get what he means, but like... I, that's You're thinking about it too hard. I don't know. I always liked that line. I, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. We've already played that game. Remember, you lost. I don't know. I guess I get what you mean. I don't know. Because I, well, I think, because I think she's saying "fuck you," like saying "go fuck yourself" or whatever. Fuck you, mm-hmm. and he is saying like "ha ha ha." I, I mean, it, it's it's not literal in the words. I feel like he is just saying like "ha ha." Remember, like half an hour ago when I took your virginity, or however you're you want, right, like right. the, when we had sex to get, like when you trusted me enough to sleep with me, even though now you know. <laughs> Truth. Like I, I just feel like that is all he is saying, and that it's not literally like a, we were playing a game and you lost. Cause you... <laughs> no, you're right. I will give you that. I was overthinking it. Then you explained it, and I was like, but of course. Um, but of course. But as a follow up, I raise you, Buka! and that's all I have to say. Um, Buka! <laughs> Billy says. Sydney says, what's your motive? Billy says, did Norman Bates have a motive? Did they ever decide why Hannibal Lecter likes to eat people? It's scarier to have no motive. Here's how I feel. Did Norman Bates have a motive? I mean, I mean, there was a reason, certainly, why, if you've seen Psycho, it's not like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Did they ever decide why Hannibal Lecter likes to eat people? Yeah, it's a book series, right? So in Hannibal <laughs> Rising, they explain that his sister was eaten, and then they made him eat his sister, and then he developed, okay, it's oh, they do. Um, Billy says it's scary with no motive, but Billy too has a motive. So what yeah. he's saying is gobbledygook. Am I wrong? I mean, unless you're just like taking what he's saying and allowing it as an explanation for why Stu went along with it. Because Stu, quote unquote, does not have a motive. His motive is love. <laughs> <laughs> it's love for Billy. It's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then... Stu is shocked. His face is visibly shocked at Billy's revelation that his mom, that his dad had an affair with Sydney's mom. And that's why he was doing it, because he was mad about that. 
I don't know if yeah. you noticed that, but like the face that Matthew Lillard has is like, oh, I didn't even know that. So what did Stu think if he didn't know about the connection with Sydney? So then mom? I think Stu thought that like it would just be fun. No, that that like okay. So what Billy Loomis says about like, oh, well, did did Norman Bates have a motive or like whatever his whole speech is? I'm assuming is the same speech that he gave to Stu, or like. You know, a similar conversation that he and Stu had when they decided to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that is the motive that was explained to Stu or, like, was, like, brought, like, we're just going to do this, like, the movies, I don't know, type of thing. And Stu's just like, fuck yeah, whatever, man, I'm in love with you. (gasps) No. Mm -hmm. Um, But whereas, yeah, Billy has, like, an actual motive, but he's keeping it to himself because you wouldn't just reveal that to Stu. What if he turns him in? (laughs) Yeah, Instead, no. he, like, gets him on board with this motiveless killing spree of, like, psycho killers never have motives. Look at all these people. And maybe that's why his, like, excuses are kind of arguable, too, because... Yeah. Well said. Okay. Um, Qu'est-ce que c'est? Psycho kill. And then Matthew Lillard proceeds to just improv some of the best quotes in the entire Some of franchise. the best lines in the entire movie. I I love Matthew Lillard's work in this film. Amazing. Yeah. My mom gonna... and dad are going to be so mad at me. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. Read the quotes. I was actually just going to edit them all in. Oh, good. This. Perfect. So I feel the woozy air. Like an Avery with a full dick. Please. You make your sorry ass idea. My mom and dad are so mad. If you get it wrong, you die. You get it right, you die. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. That works. Because I like it better when he says fun. But I'm itching to say you hit me with a phone, dick. And then... <laughs> say it in the tone. Come on, give it a... Give me with a phone, dick! Hello? <laughs> Did you really call the police? <laughs> anyway. And yeah, that's pretty much everything I wrote down. Houston, we got a problem here. <laughs> I'm feeling a little woozy. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. And when he's spitting, when he's like, this one's gonna be scream. <laughs> At least you cut me a little deep. <laughs> oh. yep. and that's the movie <laughs> that's um i will give this movie um 10 knives out of 10 knives <laughs> i would stab this movie 10 out of 10 times <laughs> out of love are we gonna have uh, to like watch one movie per episode or do you think we just did this because it screamed i think I think we did this because it's Scream and because it was our first time recording, so we don't have any, like, outline or flow or, you know, whatever. Like, I think we'll be able to do two episodes in the future. Okay. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, so a few, I do, I do have a few random things. Yeah. Um... I, this happens at the very beginning of the party. I just really like the line where Stu says, as if, and Randy says, oh, really, Alicia? (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Uh, A good time. 
Um, Great 90s just reference. Some, some randium trivia. Randium trivia. Wow. <laughs> some randium trivia from you. Uh, they, the cast and crew got t-shirts that said, I survived scene 118, which was like referencing the whole end uh, sequence party. It was a 42 minute scene and it took 21 days to film. And I guess they all like got really tired of it by the end. So they got t-shirts made that said i survived scene 118 that's a good Uh, in the credits in the credits of this movie which i checked my dvd copy to make sure that this fact was real because i didn't remember seeing it in real time before but at the at the end of the credits there's like a special thanks section and it says no thanks whatsoever and then i you can look it up if you want to i won't say the real school's name but essentially they had planned to film at a specific high school and they had like gotten approved to do so and it was almost time to film and then the school board like read the script and was like we do not want you filming at our school this is too violent um and so then they like i don't know if shooting got delayed but they had to find a new location and it was it was a whole big thing, but Wes Craven put in the end credits, no thanks whatsoever to the board of this school and just called them out, which I think is really wild. And when I read the trivia fact, I was like, that's not in there, is it? And then, yeah, I took out my DVD copy and found it. That school's um, The use of caller ID incre- increased more than threefold after the film's release. Uh, yeah, this, this movie made people want to have caller ID, which is fair. I'm surprised it was this movie and not When a Stranger Calls, but... Okay. Um, and uh, this movie is, um, like, supposed to be tied to murders in Gainesville uh, by someone called the Gainesville Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did look up that story, and, like, there's no phone call aspect to it. There's no... It's just a, you know, true crime real event that happened that was somebody breaking into houses and killing teenagers... And it was, like, partially the inspiration for just, like, what got the writer to sit down and write the, the movie of Scream. But it really, it's not, like, that similar to anything that happens in the movie, but it is connected. So, it's worth a read. <laughs> if you're into true crime, it's, like, an interesting, interesting tale. But, yeah. And that's what I have. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Um... Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Watch Scream if you haven't seen it. Watch Scary Movie if you haven't seen it. Again, most of these trivia facts I got from the International Movie Database, imdb.com. Also looked up some stuff on the good old Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. That's it. Toodles. Cut. If we were a movie right guy and I'd be the best friend that you